the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. A painful week on Wall Street with a 13-point rise from one week to the next, but then investors' bubbles were suddenly burst by midweek as the markets tumbled by over 1,100 points, the worst single-day decline since 2020. Welcome again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager, author, and the principal of Vitucci & Associates, Pat Vitucci, and our own Don't Invest and Forget man on the street, Charlie Cowain. Well, Pat, it seems like between what's been happening with inflation, rumors of the Fed coming in and anticipating yet another overnight lending rate increase, along with, of course, just a lot of jitters as investors are trying to figure it all out, has meant yet again a pretty rocky week on Wall Street. Yeah, it makes everybody quite unease when you go through a week like we're having with one day uh, the Dow dropping 1,100 points, as you mentioned. We're just not emotionally wired to tolerate that kind of volatile period. For those of our listeners who are old enough to understand and and remember, this could very well be a Macy's White Flower Day opportunity. And for those listeners who are a little bit older than that, this could be a Kmart Blue Light special opportunity where share prices are on sale. And if you've got time on your side, this is a Warren Buffett kind of week. He loves this kind of week. You saw him take a big position in Citibank this week. Prices are this low, inordinately low relative to their values. This is a trader's heaven, not a long-term investor's heaven because it gets everybody anxious and the average man on the street, the average woman on the street says, oh my God, I went to my far away and I lost X thousand dollars yesterday. I can't afford it. I'm getting out. I'm going to cash. Is that a really bad idea? So you don't want to panic during these difficult times. So we, we know retailers are having a heck of a time. Target is down 29%. Walmart's down 18%. Why are they down? Well, diesel fuel is 
off the charts high, as we know. We still have supply chain issues. Imagine being a manager trying to figure out how much product to buy in the middle of a pandemic. And then as we start to recover, you're either a hero or a goat because you buy too much, you buy too little, and we see the consequences having a very tough week for retailers in general. So we're going from kind of a pandemic-friendly environment where Clorox and Peloton and Apple and Zoom were the favorites on Wall Street to a post-pandemic environment where we're now seeing the reality of the real supply chain issues. We've seen the auto industry not being able to um, pump out enough cars because of chip shortages. We're seeing the consequences of moving from kind of one chapter in our economy to another. COVID, let's face it, has given a real distortion of what companies' real values are and the reflection certainly is in the stock price. So the stock market has a little bit of COVID pandemic issues right now. It's trying to cough up the right values and it's got some fever and it's not making the right valuations and not making the kind of decisions as we all would not be if we had a fever or we were feeling melees of some sort. So let's give the stock market a break here and not be so hard. I think when the stock market comes off its symptoms of a COVID-like malady, I think we'll get back to reasonable valuations. We've got a lot of companies with single-digit price-earnings ratios. Just a month or two ago, we were in the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 price-earnings ratio area. So when we're down to single digits, wow, there's a real opportunity to buy some wonderful companies with a fantastic price to buy into. And if you're a long-term investor, it's my view to take advantage of this sale on Wall Street. Home Depot, one of the few darlings out there, the revenue was nearly $39 billion for the quarter. That's a quarterly revenue number. The market was only, quote-unquote, expecting $36 billion. In California, the highest gas prices in the country. Let's have a standing ovation for putting up with $6.50, $6.80 gas prices per gallon. Is there a definition for recession? I mean, how do we know that, that the words gets thrown around? What exactly is it? Two successive quarters of 20% reduction in the markets. You can make an argument that certain segments of our economy are in a recession, but definition-wise, we're not there yet. Certainly, the NASDAQ is down 30%. So we knew there was a lot of overvaluations with Apple and Zoom and Facebook. They're all down considerably. So you can make an argument, yeah, the NASDAQ is, quote, in a recession. We won't know in, for another month or two, if, reflecting back, if this really was a, quote, recession, and then how long will it last? The Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell certainly has been very clear. There'll be several more rate hikes, maybe the next meeting, another half point raise in interest rates rather than a quarter, which is the normal experience. But let's not be surprised if they raise rates another half point. Mortgages are at over 5%. It seemed like just a short couple of months ago, they were at 2.5%. So we've seen a dramatic shift and and that's where we're seeing um, home builders numbers are looking askance at what their expectation is trying to sell more homes 
April housing starts are up 14.5%. When we come out with May numbers, I think the numbers are going to be a whole lot less exciting. Otherwise, we've got a pretty robust housing market, but I think we'll see that abruptly decline because the refi market, you're not going to refi to 5.5%. So we'll see the ramifications of this higher interest rate environment. It'll have a direct impact on the housing market. But retailers in general have been beat up in the first quarter. And it's not surprising with knowing all the shortages in product. You walk into stores these days and it's not unusual to see a whole row of empty shelves. I mean, when have you ever seen that before? The shelves are always full of stuff for us to buy. But lately, baby food is the newest shortage. How we've gone into an area of the market where only two or three suppliers for one product kind of quietly we didn't realize Abbott kind of commands I think 50% of the market and when they had to close down one of their big plants because of some virus or infection probably not healthy to have just one or two or three companies supplying any product to especially baby food. Indeed, Pat, and certainly I hope we're learning the lesson that some of these vital resources, vital to American health, can't entirely be offshored, nor can they entirely be held by just one or two companies when you've got untold numbers across the country reliant upon their goods or services, and one false move, one plant closure, and suddenly the whole country seems to be in a frenzy. Pat, I want to pivot back to something related to what we've been struggling with here, certainly in the San Francisco Bay Area and many parts of the country, but most notably here in the Bay Area. And that has been the housing crunch, increased demand for housing, accompanied by, of course, the increased value of housing in the Bay Area has kind of created a perfect storm. As a result, many folks have been sort of blocked out of the capacity of buying a home for the first time in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Now we're seeing the Fed saying, maybe we waited a little bit too late to pull the trigger on the overnight lending rates to try and stave off the impact of inflation. And now we're hearing some talk about possibly raising the rates when the committee meets again. With all of that, we're now getting a report from the Mortgage Bankers Association that home applications fell some 12% just last week. I'm wondering if this is the beginning of a trend, and if so, how do we balance the issue of the need for more housing along with tightening money, and as a result, perhaps fewer people that can actually afford housing? Craig, this has been a perpetual problem for 30-plus years, but a housing shortage will continue to be a housing shortage and now it'll be exacerbated by market conditions, i.e. much higher interest rates. And that has a direct impact, as we all know, on your monthly payment. And so if you thought your payment of 3000 and change was doable, now you're at 4500 or so. I'm, I'm clearly making these numbers up, but probably not too far from some average numbers. And geez, some mortgage people are spending five, six, seven grand a month on a mortgage. So that takes a big chunk of money out of your family budget. I think that 12% reduction is going to look modest in the next week or two when we'll see dramatically bigger declines in mortgage applications. And, uh, and we certainly see a lot of a lot of individuals and companies that want to buy your house. I mean, every day you, you're getting texts and emails and mail and Radio ads of people they want to buy your house. I think they're trying to steal your house. You know, steal your house. Yeah, these Joe Blow buys Bay Area houses. 
will buy your house in the next eight minutes, they're going to go on Google and say, okay, your house is worth 500. I'll give you 325,000. We're not even looking at it. You know, that's the kind of uh, fire sale that these um, internet and TV uh, performers, and there, there are performers. And hey, if, if somebody's desperate enough and it's a fire sale kind of thing, they lost their job or they have health issues or something, sadly, there, there's always people around to give you some desperate price, right? So, Pat, one of the big concerns, of course, is we've seen this increase in market volatility over the past many weeks, essentially since the beginning of the year. More and more investors, folks planning for retirement, saving money in their IRA, their 401k, are maybe hesitant to even open up the statements. They know it's going to be bad news, so they just rather not know. What is wrong with that approach? And if we are trying to actively manage our money in relationship to what we're seeing happen with the benchmarks, practically speaking, what expectations should people have during this particular season when we've just come off of more than a decade of phenomenal, seemingly unstoppable growth in all the indices? You know, Craig, it's worked for the ostrich really well, and they have survived many centuries. You just stick your head in the sand and turn the volume up on the music and don't listen to anything else. But in all sincerity, you've got to pay attention. You've got to keep your finger on the pulse. And now is an absolute time, in my view, to make reallocations to different sectors of the economy. It's called rotation of sectors without getting too technical. We've talked about COVID-friendly sectors And now we're going into sectors that weren't very friendly during the COVID years. Cruises, entertainment, airlines, banks. So just think of what we weren't doing during COVID and think of those industries that are really going to flourish. I mean, to get on a cruise line today, you're on the waiting list. And who was taking a cruise a couple of years ago? Nobody. Crystal Cruise Line went bankrupt. So... We've got to look and need to review the areas you were invested in and consider making reallocations, taking money in a dollar cost averaging a little bit each week into sectors that will be more friendly as we go through these challenging times. The times are always challenging. We've just been kind of spoiled with many years of a bull market. Almost anything you touched went up nicely. Well, now it's much more of a stock-driven, sector-driven selection process that takes a much more deft touch. You're not entitled, as we all thought, to make 15% every year. There's no guarantees of that. And I think we're going through that period of reality, kind of a reality check on the fact that Wall Street is still called Las Vegas on the Hudson for obvious reasons. But Short of that, it is a gambling hall. And if you're not willing to diversify and spread your money out, you might as well put it all on red, throw the dice, and close your eyes and pray. It's going to be much more diligent, much more drilling down to specific industries, specific stocks, or bonds, or utilities, or mortgages, whatever your risk appetite is, and that's going to drive how much you're going to be in stocks and bonds and utilities. And are you going to be in Europe? You're going to be in the Middle East, going to be in emerging markets. So there's a, there's a whole confluence of new 
criteria that's going to drive where you should be. And it's not where you were last quarter or last year, as it rarely is. It's a new paradigm shift into areas of the economy that will prosper in 22 that probably failed miserably in 21. It's a dramatic shift, I agree. Normally, it's a very subliminal, quiet transition from one sector to another. We're going through an abrupt, screaming shift in sector rotation. And if all this is foreign to you, maybe it's time to hire a financial advisor that's relegated to studying really boring stuff like leading and lagging economic indicators, consumer price index, producer price index, housing starts, inflation numbers. The average guy in the street is really good at plumbing, architecture, teaching, attorney work, but nine o'clock at night when you're about to go to bed to start reading your prospectus, where are you really invested in? So that's the kind of the assignment. And if you're not willing to step up and work through the assignment, you ought to hang up your spikes and go out and hire a financial advisor firm that's fee-based and delegate that important work to somebody that's going to work in lockstep with you and being a fee-based advisor, our motivations are in lockstep with our clients. By the way, my plumbing skills, my carpentry skills, my electrical skills, zero. You don't want me anywhere near any of those things. We've spent our life studying financial planning. While I'm not saying we're infallible, we earn our stripes every day. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but being a student of the economy is what we've done for over 30 years. There's probably an office not too far from where you live or where you work in the barrier. We'd look forward to offering you our opinion about what you're doing today and if we can make any improvements. Give us a call at one triple eight plan wise Maybe, as Pat has suggested, you've got multiple irons in the fire, and at the end of the day, you're just kind of hoping, hoping that the numbers that you're seeing reflect reality, hoping that you're interpreting them properly, and that once you are able to cross that finish line, the kind of assets you hope you have will actually be there to carry you through retirement. If you've got some questions, maybe you want to take advantage of a second opinion. There's never any cost or obligation, and yours can be had in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. To schedule that complimentary second opinion, that portfolio review, simply call toll-free 888-PLANWISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Even easier still, you can schedule that appointment online. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to a bevy of all kinds of wonderful retirement planning resources, you can also easily schedule your complimentary portfolio review online. Don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. A front-page article in the San Francisco Chronicle just last week carried yet again another story about the disintegration of Social Security. And, Pat, 
as much as this seems to be perhaps just yet again another story about the economy, the reality is the events taking place around us can really have a significant impact on the quality of our own life if we really don't start paying some attention. Craig, this is one of the stories that uh, the Wall Street story actually has hit Main Street in a big, big way, hitting uh, mom and pop on Maple Street. So we've got to look at what are the impacts of these issues on your specific family, whether it's your income, whether it's your decision to retire, or whether it's your decision to postpone retirement. All these issues now become formidable challenges that need to be addressed. And, and sometimes it's a good idea to bounce some of those ideas off an objective person. You know, many times you can bring your brother-in-law in, your sister-in-law in, or some family member, or even a friend, and you get kind of a biased view many, many cases because there, there's some emotion there, whether there's some love there or between friendships or maybe even some kind of animosity, something that happened 20 years ago. You tend to get a little bit of a tainted view and the objective view that you were hoping for may be a little bit askew. And so a lot of listeners come in. We certainly enjoy and appreciate our listeners coming in, but we don't have the history of family ties or friend ties. And I think our objectivity can lend itself to maybe a little bit more clarity on the issue. And I think sometimes, Pat, it's easy to encourage others by saying, well, everything will be okay, because the reality is even though friends and family might want to appear to be experts, none of us really are. This whole world of finance in the world today is is so often complex and confusing. If any of our listeners have ever traveled overseas to Europe or to Central or South America, many parts of the world in big cities, you'll see spots where a multiplicity of streets all kind of converge together. I'm not talking about a cross-section of two streets. I'm talking about seven or eight streets that all come together and then meet in a circle. And if you've ever stood and watched traffic, it is absolutely amazing. And you see what seems to be just a cacophony of noise and confusion. And I suppose in many respects, that explains what's going on in the world of money today. We begin to add all of these things together, and all of a sudden, we're back to the financial equivalent of all of these streets intersecting in one large circle. And a lot of folks are afraid to even cross the street for fear they're going to get run over. Yeah, we just had a listener come in uh, last week, Craig, and he aptly named the person in his office. He called him the brainiac in the office that was giving everybody advice on what to do for their 401k because he was a very magnanimous and likable, lovable guy. A lot of people listened to this person and this person didn't have any experience. He was just a very affectatious kind of guy. He was a lot of charisma. And my point is he was giving out financial advice that was not looking at the underpinnings of the way the financial planning world worked, but because of his influence and his style was able to influence a fair number of other employees and they got online and changed their 401ks and did exactly what the herd mentality was suggesting, which was wrong. The point of his, him coming and telling me this story is that he also was subject to that influence. And he admitted candidly to me that, you know, this person, while he's likable, was really not qualified to make those kind of recommendations, but did influence a fair number of people. And sadly now, no doubt, many of these folks are paying the price. And, and I suspect, Pat, that's probably just as bad as the individual who establishes a 401k and then leaves 
leaves that job and moves on to another one and forgets the old one behind. Well, now at your new job, you establish yet another 401k, but folks are busy. We're taking care of careers and families and all the responsibility of uh, day-to-day living. It's easy to kind of put on the back burner events that we're planning for that for some folks might be 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. But in allowing our retirement savings to kind of sit there unmanaged, I suppose, Pat, it's just as bad as taking advice from your barber or somebody who really doesn't understand the economy and is sort of treating it just like a roulette wheel. We're hungry for all kinds of information, and we all want to think there's a get-rich-quick scheme. There's there's some quick corner we can turn to, you know, to get to that million-dollar number tomorrow, and sadly, there isn't. So it's not a question of the gray matter. We're all, you know, we're all fairly intelligent people, but we all are looking to um, short-circuit some of this hard work that we have to live through. But again, I would caution listeners, if it sounds too good to be true, guess what? It probably is. Somebody commented to me the other day, Pat, about their surprise that we're already one quarter way through the new year and how fast time really seems to fly. And I guess that's especially true the older we get. With that thought in mind, it's easy for us to think what we're going to do tomorrow or this weekend or a week from now. But thinking long term, to be able to have the vision to think beyond five to 10 years to 20 years out is a difficult thing to do. Yet I suspect when it comes to saving for retirement, critically important. And the reality, Craig, is that if we even have the fictional idea still of 65 being the age of retirement, whether it be 65 or 70, most folks, in fact, statistically, 92% of the time, one of the two, whether it's a husband and wife, will live to age 92. And so we've got to have the reality that we've got to live a long time. And the question is, and the challenge is, is our portfolio designed to last that many more years? Just incredible how when you look around, 70 and 80 year olds are not old. They're still jogging. They're playing golf. They're playing tennis. We've got to be prepared to live a whole lot longer and have the vibrancy to want to do things. The reality of it is many folks will have the energy and motivation to continue to travel or or do fun things. And guess what? All those things cost money. So clearly we're living longer and the cost to live longer is going up, particularly with the spike in double-digit inflation that we've seen in the cost of medical care in recent years. And so these factors all come together to say it's critically important today to plan for tomorrow, to have that vision that takes you beyond next week to next month to next year to 5, 10, 15, even 20 years down the road. A lot of folks feel confused. They don't know where to begin. They say, gee, I I recognize I need to be doing something. I've established a 401k, but I really don't understand how to manage it. How do I even go about determining, Pat, how much I'll need to retire? You know what's amazing, Craig? We are, A lot of listeners come in for our no-obligation consultation. And within an hour, we have an 85 by 11 crisp, clean sheet of paper really designed and looking at their entire asset base. And amazingly, in almost every case, Craig, people walk out and say, wow, I didn't realize I had this much net worth. Because they've got old 401ks, they've got money at the credit union, they've got an IRA here, a Roth there. They've got savings, they've got bonds, uh, e-bonds in their bottom drawer. And when we tally all that up and they say, wow, I'm in pretty good shape. And yes, I do have an opportunity to retire at that point in time when they want to. So in, in many cases, it's kind of a disjointed, non-comprehensive view of their financial life. And what we do is wrap our arms around all those dangling pieces and put it all together in a crisp, clean net worth statement and arrive at some income assumptions 
albeit conservative as they might be, it's amazing. They sit back in the chair in my office and they say, wow, this is pretty good news. And it's not fiction. It's real. They bring their statements in, Craig, and we do a quick summary. And an hour later, it's pretty revealing opportunity. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. If you've been to the doctor lately and you're over a certain age, likely the physician said, we'd like to have you come in for a stress test. And they'll hook you up to all kinds of cables and wires and get you on the treadmill and make sure the old ticker is doing what it's supposed to be. There's another type of stress test out there you might be familiar with around the periphery. Following the economic challenges of 2008-2009, banks were required to undergo financial stress tests. Well, what about for you and I? Is it necessary to engage in sort of a personal financial retirement plan stress test? And if so, why? And what does that look like? Some insights now from our host, Pat Vitucci. And I guess, Pat, as we think about preparedness in any fashion, whether we make sure that there's an insurance policy that covers the house in the event of a fire or an automobile policy in case we get into a car accident, having some sense of security that wraps around where we're at with our retirement plan to anticipate the unanticipated is probably a wise thing. Yeah, you know, there are so many moving parts, and it, it just is overwhelming in levels of detail when you're talking about preparing for retirement and what does your stress test look like? Even just reading those words, you kind of get stressed out. Oh, my gosh, I, I, now I am stressed out. I didn't even realize I was supposed to be stressed out. When you think about interest rates and emerging markets and what is this economic boom doing for me personally? What about inflation? Am I really moving towards some critical mass dollars that makes really good sense and my level of preparedness will be impressive enough that my spouse and I, or if I'm a single person, I can really retire and not have to worry about, do I have to go to work at Home Depot? Unless you want to. That's cool. A lot of moving parts. At the end of the day, it's always better to plan as best you can, revisit your portfolio design as often as you can and track your level of preparedness as you move through your 50s and 60s and even 70s and 80s. Are In your later years, are you eroding your principal way too aggressively? That's not a healthy sign. So it's really an analysis of your portfolio. Here's an interesting stat. We're inside this 10-year bull market, longest bull market in the history of America. So in the 10 years, Craig, there are literally 2,517 trading days. You know, that's Monday through Friday with the exception of holidays. So we got this 10-year bull market with 2,517 days. Let's talk about the best and the worst. Of the 2,517, 2,464, 98% of all those trading days, guess what? Produces zero total return. So 98% of those trading days in that 10-year bull market, the market did nothing. It was flat. Listen to this one. The top 53 trading days, just 53, 2% of all those days in that 10-year bull market created a 400% total return. So you say, well, wait a minute. Just tell me what those 53 days are, and I'll be in the market those days and sit on the sidelines and not lose a nickel. Well, of course, we don't know what the 53 days are. But that's really emblematic of the kind of market we've always had And the takeaway to that startling statistic is you cannot time the market. You cannot know when to get in, when to get out, unless you are an absolute genius. 
So long-term traders really have to participate in the market, reallocating the different segments of the market. Yes, that's important, whether you're in domestic stocks, emerging stocks, international stocks, whether you're in value, whether you're in growth, whether you're in bonds or Ginnie Mae mortgages. Should you be in REITs, real estate investment trusts, or should you sit on the sidelines in cash? Those are all the very small, specific reallocations that should be considered throughout the year to mitigate some of this volatility. But amazingly, Craig, 53 days out of 2,500, that's only 2%, over 400% total return. I think that's pretty amazing. So when we talk about stress tests, it really takes a whole lot more diligence to create a portfolio that will be sustainable throughout your retirement. You work 40 years, you very well could be retired for 40 years. And how is that block of money going to sustain you for all those years with probably some surprises along the way? Your kids need money. Your parents need funding. They ran out of money. They, they lived, they're living a lot longer, throwing a couple recessions, throwing a couple illnesses for you or your family members. Your kids need help. They need a new car. You know, you're going to certainly help your grandchildren if there's issues there. There's lots of bumps in the road, even in retirement, like you had in your working days. So it's important to understand your level of preparedness. And of course, there's always what we call the sequence of returns. You retire and the market drops 30% in that first year. That has a giant meaningful impact on how long that money is going to last. As opposed to another sequence of events, you retire and 10 years later, the market drops 30%. The implications of the sequence of when that bad year or two comes has long-term meaningful impact. If it comes in the first year, you're probably going back to work. You're calling your boss back. Hey, boss, sorry, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have retired this early. Or you're going to get a part-time job somewhere else. So sequence of returns is an important issue that needs at least some level of understanding. As much as I don't like the term stress test because it stresses me out thinking about it, and it probably stresses other people out, it really is important to... Get your arms wrapped around how prepared you really are. We get calls, Craig, all week long. You know, I'm thinking about retirement. I'm not sure if I am able to. And they come into our office, and an hour or so later, we create this very sophisticated software that provides some pretty succinct ideas and directions and conclusions. You know, I want to buy a car every six years. I want to go on a trip every year and spend $15,000. I want fund money of $10,000 a year. And all those things will conclude with, sorry, you can't retire at 62. You got to wait till 65. Or you're certainly equipped to do all those things. Or if you don't buy a car every six years, there's all these what if scenarios you can plug in. It gives you a statistical probability of success in retirement. We just did one yesterday. The 83% chance this couple will not run out of money. We did one last week. There was only a 56% chance they were going to run out of money. You don't want that. That's not a good number. If you get into the 80 or 90 percentile that you're in pretty good shape and you're not going to run out of money, that gives us some fair level of confidence that you can make that call to the boss and, hey, boss, I'm retiring. There's some science to it. Certainly, there's a lot of emotion centered around numbers and the probabilities, and it's not 100% accurate because life throws curves at us like a 2008 or a family member needs a whole big chunk of money. But it's as careful as we need it to be without guaranteeing that you will absolutely not run out of money at retirement. 
It's all about what do you do on day of retirement. Retirement day has been called the most stressful day of your life because you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, that weekly check doesn't get deposited anymore. It's over. It's done with. And so you want to make sure your stress test doesn't put you into a, to a stressful mode and you begin to flip out or have other medical issues. Stress is a horrible thing as we get older. It tends to produce physical ailments, and we certainly would opt not to let that happen. So the reproach here is really to make sure that the stress test is placed on your financial plan so that there's not additional stress placed on you. Is that a good way of saying it? That's a great conclusion, yes. And at the end of the day, all of us need to make sure that we are prepared for the uncertainty of what life hands us, be it a sudden downturn in the markets or you're 60 years old, you anticipated working for a few more years, and the boss comes in and announces, you're done, pack your bags. Now, all of a sudden, you're back on the streets wondering how will you ever find a job again that paid what you used to earn. All of these are very stressful incidences, so make sure that your finances are prepared, that there's a plan in place to respond to them. If you'd like to take advantage of that financial health and retirement plan review stress test that Pat just spoke of a moment ago, yours free for the asking in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Simply log on today to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. You can also easily schedule that appointment by calling toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E, or once again online at don'tinvestandforget.com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.